Well, hello there and welcome back to the show. Now, if there's one thing that I know for sure, it's that ADHD is complex. It presents differently in every single one of us. So there is no one size fits all solution to managing it. I mean, that's why I created this podcast to begin with, to help you find the best possible combination of tools, strategies, and treatment options for you and your family, as well as inspiring stories to keep you going even when life throws you a curveball. Uh, like an ADHD diagnosis, for example. Well, today's guest, Olga Ward, is the founder and owner of Beaverton Neurofeedback. Her life was personally transformed by NeuroOptimal, an advanced neurotechnology designed to train the brain to function at peak performance levels. She was so impressed by this technology that she changed her earlier career trajectory and opened her own private practice. Her own family has benefited from this equipment greatly. Since early 2018, Olga has served over 500 individuals of various ages and walks of life, including clients with trauma, anxiety, and ADHD. During this episode, Olga and I talk about the use of neurofeedback as a form of brain care that helps to optimize the brain. We talk about what neurofeedback is, how neurofeedback works, why neurofeedback is a supportive treatment treatment option for ADHD. And I love how she describes neurofeedback as physical therapy for the brain. You know, I love a visual. Now tag us on social media with hashtag vision driven mom and let us know what your biggest takeaway was from today's episode. Enjoy the show. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hello, Olga, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you, to have you here, and I'm really excited to dig into neurofeedback. Thank you, Tracy, for having me. Absolutely. Now, Olga, can you tell us a little bit about your journey? I know you have a journey. Well, we all have a journey, but I, um, but I know that you have a really um, beautiful journey. <laughs> I probably didn't feel like it, but can you tell us a little bit how you got into neurofeedback to begin with? Yeah. So um, originally I'm from Russia um, and uh, just like many of us have our own ups and downs in life and had some um, lots of trauma of my own. Um, And I've always wanted to not only to heal myself, but to help other people. Always felt like my mission in life is to heal. But for the first 20 or 30 years, I just kind of kept falling into jobs that just for survival and uh, necessity or because my parents thought it would make a good living, that kind of thing. Um, But it wasn't until I became a mom, a parent, that that fire inside of me of healing and doing something different started to stir (laughs) a lot harder. Yeah. And then eventually I have two kids, one bio, one adopted, and uh, both kids have their own challenges, to be honest, and different level. My, my, my son, 
my bio son is um, very highly sensitive and had his own challenges, some with anxiety. And then my daughter, um, who was adopted at the age of eight, um, had challenges that took me to a whole other level of wanting to heal and figure out the trauma piece and educate myself. And so neurofeedback was one of those modalities that I fell into that was so fascinating and so exciting and so helpful that completely changed my life. Yeah. Okay. It's fascinating how there's something about becoming a mom for one thing. I mean, it just changes everything and it kind of, it seems like it magnifies any of our own stuff that we, from our childhood. And we're, and it's interesting how the needing to find a way to separate what is mine and what is theirs. So, um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that beautiful story. And, um, and so tell us a little bit about what is neurofeedback anyway? When I, before I, before I really started, before my daughter was diagnosed with ADHD, I, I really, neurofeedback to me, it just, it felt medical, right? Just the word. And like, I'm just imagining wires and all of this. You tell us a little bit about what it is. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, I feel like it's a well underutilized um, modality mm-hmm. and it's completely fascinating. And yes, wires can be involved some, and depending on the technology that you used, mm-hmm. originally was designed in the lab, trying to improve the brain functioning in a non-pharmaceutical way by stimulating different parts of the brain to see what will happen. Um, I think of neurofeedback as physical therapy for your brain. Mm. Okay. Um, almost like exercise for the brain or brain training in a similar way we put ourselves on a treadmill to exercise or lift weights we can exercise the brain with neurofeedback Mm. technology as well i love that visual too because i can i'm a visual person and i love i love that i can see that okay physical therapy for the brain that's a beautiful thing so how does it so what does it involve? What does it look like? Like if, if we were to go into your office, if I was to come into your office, what, what would, what would, what would you do? Yeah. And I would want to say as the brain science and the technology continue to evolve, there are different styles of neurofeedback. So the way I work with clients is just my own way because right. of my own journey and my own experience, my own trauma-informed um, education and care, um, and also depending on the technology as okay. well. So um, I've tried a few different types of neurofeedback systems. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go in the office and start with the brain map um, to see which regions of the brain need support, which ones are feel like on fire, mm-hmm. uh, underperforming, overperforming, stuck, whatever analogy you want to use. Um, And that will give the technician kind of a picture to see what needs to be addressed or helped. Mm -hmm. Um, The type of technology I ended up choosing for my personal practice is is called Neurooptimal. It's just, it's a a brand. Mm -hmm. Um, I like it because it does not require a brain map, uh, which can be in a in itself fascinating and helpful and interesting, but also can add a lot more cost. Um, right. And um, the 
in the with the neuroptimal um it's it's a very gentle organic process and it doesn't particularly force the brain to do anything it doesn't want to it simply provides it with information like a mirror mm-hmm. um and then similar to us waking up in the morning with our hair messy um we go look in the mirror and then instantly we make adjustments mm. most of us right. right yeah um if we have an important meeting to go to we look in the mirror you know we look in the mirror multiple times a day often um every time we're in the bathroom we look in the mirror right so the brain sometimes also needs kind of that feedback hmm. um, so neurofeedback is allowing the brain to look in the mirror and see how are you doing are you okay are you doing the right things are you do you are you happy with how you're doing <laughs> um and so um the neuroptimal system that i use is that mirror mm-hmm. it's not something that you know shoves or pushes the brain somewhere it doesn't want to go um it simply presents with the feedback and then it relies on the inner wisdom of our body to recognize oh I am really like obsessing about this thing and underperforming in this other area uh, where I should be. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so it just sort of presents the information. Like the mirror doesn't tell us, you know, your hair looks funny right. <laughs> or right. you have toothpaste on your chin or whatnot. It says, this is what you look like. And then it's up to us to decide. I need to clean myself up or I need to brush out my hair right. because I want to be the best they can be. Um, so in a similar way. Okay. Um, so when clients come to see me, I s- explain the process, although I have tons of information on my website and encourage clients who are new to it, just kind of take a look at the frequently asked questions or even read through my blog, um, right. including the um, blog about my personal journey with my daughter um so that they become familiar and comfortable i think it's also important to find the practitioner that they're very comfortable working with right. who is um i think that's probably true with any any modality you have to be able to trust the person mm-hmm. and um have the person to be responsive to your needs and address your questions right um, so there's like many therapists many massage um therapists etc many hairdressers but sometimes we gravitate toward this particular person that we feel very comfortable with and so i always encourage people to see um to find the person that they will feel like they're trusting right 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 exactly okay so so you get the feedback from the brain. This is, you know, your hair's disheveled or whatever. I love yeah. that too. Again, I love a visual. Yeah. I can see that. Okay, the brain looking at itself. Oh, wait, something's off. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, what do you? How, how does that? What do you do with that information? Or do you leave it up to the brain to do something with that information? We completely leave it up to the brain. Um, I know it feels like in our in the traditional sense we're always reaching for some other person who knows more than us to tell us what to do rather than like look inward and rely on our own body wisdom um but in this case it's a little bit non-traditional 
technology in that it gives information, but it doesn't say it's good or bad, right or wrong. Okay. It just says, this is what is. Again, like the mirror does, it simply reflects back what is. And then we don't say, we don't ask the mirrors, like, what do you think of my hair today? Right. Just said, this is what you look like. It's up to you. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there are sensors involved. Um, there are um, a couple clips on the right ear, um, a clip on the left ear. There's, um, um, there's flat sensors that cover the C3 and C4, which is like the central regions of the left and the right hemisphere of the brain. Mm -hmm. They're picking up electrical activity from the brain. And then there's relaxing kind of Zen type music um, that plays. And as the sensors are picking up electrical activity, anytime there's a shift or, or change going on, it will kind of make the music skip. So it sounds like a, I had a friend say, sounds like a library CD <laughs> with scratches okay. a little bit. Um, but those scratches are caused by, um, by that cha change in the, in the brain activity. Okay. And in a way that alerts the brain, oh, I'm doing something. Mm -hmm. And so let me reevaluate whether that activity is, you know, is appropriate or how why am I doing kind of gives that real time feedback, but almost on an um, unconscious level, because we hear skips in our logical conscious brain is like, I, I don't know what to do with it. But our um, unconscious brain knows exactly what's going on. Got it. This is fascinating. This is more fascinating than I than I thought this conversation was gonna go. But actually, I didn't realize that what it is, is relying on the perfection of the brain, right? The perfection of the body to make adjustments. Exactly. I mean, isn't that like health? I mean, a healthy body, that's what bodies, they're fascinating. And then the brain on top of it, I mean, it's fascinating. Okay. So this is, you're giving the, the brain an, a, a, just like a, a reflection of, okay, so here's what's going on. And yes. then the brain gets to decide. Okay. The brain gets to decide. Yes, exactly. Um, and again, it addresses the brain holistically um, because often when we're reading a book or how-to book or even um, go to like a therapist and we process things, it's usually um, in a very conscious way. But so many of the things that are getting in our way in the day-to-day -day life are unconscious subconscious right so like i can decide not to do something ever again because logically i understand that the research like let's say smoking or i don't know overeating or whatever any of those habits right or maybe uh making my bed every day but then you know the rest of the processes <laughs> can take over and um there's saboteurs and limiting beliefs and other things get in the way and then you feel so defeated mm -hmm. uh, you feel awful and your self-esteem completely tanks you think what is wrong with me i know better why can't i just do it or why anytime this person says something i get so triggered and hijacked by negative emotions and get overwhelmed and say things i don't mean to say or that i have to apologize for later um, so in that way, um, like talk therapy has a time and place. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. it ha it's really good at like edu educating and bringing things and working through the awareness. Mm -hmm. But 
neurofeedback kind of takes it further down, if you will, down, I'm not sure, um, right. into the, into that, um, physiology of things. Okay. That's fascinating. So basically the neurofeedback is speaking to the truth and not the stories. Uh, exactly. Not the, the, the human part of our, the, 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 the ego part of our brain, basically. I love right? it. Yes, yeah. okay. absolutely. And, and I would say that um, when someone when someone's done the coaching or psychotherapy, it can help a person a ton, just a ton. Um, but sometimes they know everything there is to know and they feel stuck. Right, right. Well, and isn't this the truth? What you were just saying, we know that smoking is not good for us. We know, we all know how to eat, right? Mm -hmm. We all know that we should be eating more fruits and vegetables and, and, and drinking lots of water. We really do know how to keep ourselves healthy. We just don't necessarily make those choices. And I, and that's kind of the ego. I mean, the ego comes up with all kinds of reasons why we, why we need that. I don't know, boy, why we need to go to the pantry right this minute or why we need that, you know, we're just as the example yes. of smoking and those are good examples, smoking and, and eating, right? Those are yeah. things that we, we know, we know, I mean, especially now there is so much information and, and, um, and research, but we still do those things. So you're talking to the the neurofeedback is 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 a reflection of the truth of the brain and of the person. I that's fascinating. I love that. Okay, so tell us why this is important and what happens. Like, what are the benefits of giving this brain this reflection? Yes, absolutely. Well, again, we're leaning into the deeper um, unconscious parts of the regions of the brain, not just the prefrontal cortex that mm -hmm. is responsible for knowing, planning, executing. Um, and often with the, uh, whether it's trauma, ADHD, that prefrontal cortex is not really doing the best job it can. So right. it's almost like giving one person all the jobs to do. Mm. And it, it wow. does not okay. feel fair. Mm -hmm. And no wonder it starts glitching and malfunctioning and feeling burnt out because we're not accessing all the other parts uh, of ourselves. Okay. Yeah. So that's like when you, when you mentioned the ego brain, it um, ego part of us is it has a job, but we need to remember that ego is not, is not the only part of us that gets to run the show and make all the decisions. Oh, I love that. Ego is, does not get to run the show. It doesn't. Yeah. You're yeah, right. I've, okay. I've heard, I've heard one analogy and ego is not bad. It, it's, right. It was a time and place. None of, none of what we have is bad. It's mm -hmm. all part of who we are, of our um, holistic self. Right. But again, ego um we don't want to ego is like a fuel in the car it should not be in the front front seat right of the car. yes exactly it should not be the driver right it's the exactly. it's the kind of like the child right isn't it the child yeah. of our of our makeup the makeup of our mind is that that we that we our brain or our our you know i 
when you're talking about the truth of the brain, I'm thinking like your, your soul, you know, this is your, this is who yes. you are. Soulful self. Yeah. yeah and it, it's not fair to put a, a child in the driver's seat and then um, give them consequences or yell at them for mm. not being, not driving correctly or not right. driving to the right place and being always disappointed at them. <laughs> they will start talking back and then say, well, this is the best they can do, you know, but maybe they're, they're not the right person to do that. <laughs> right. Olga, you they have need to just... be in the backseat. You have really shined the light on what neurofeedback is for one thing, but that, that, um, that duality that we have of the, you know, of the, yes, we need, we need the ego. The ego keeps us safe, right? But it's not the whole story. Yeah. We over rely on it. And that's why, why, um, if somebody is, um, fascinated with like the self-help books, and that's all they do is like, okay, I, I'm still not doing well, even though I, I know all the things. Well, just let me read 10 more, 100 more, then I will do better. And it's, right. it's never going to get better. It's this other have- thing. And it's this next thing and the next thing. I am totally guilty of that throughout my life, throughout my journey is that, okay, we'll try this thing and let's try this thing and let's try this thing. But I love that you're going, you're going right to the source of all of it, right? All of the, all of the, not the problems. It's not the problems, right? The ego creates the problems, but it's the, okay. So, so I'm trying to understand this a little. So you're, you're giving the brain a reflection of what's going on. The brain gets to, and so, and so the brain gets to decide, oh, they're like that, uh, that there are other parts that are, that, that I need to be using or accessing or. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I like using analogies. So the way I think of, like, let's say a person um, decides to run a marathon or compete in a sport, mm-hmm. they they can do it themselves, right? Um, but they they'll probably be better off if they hired like a coach mm-hmm. or someone who is more experienced to keep them accountable, to keep them exercising, showing up for practices whatever that may be, give them tips, guidance, the experience. So I think of like a coach or our experienced psychotherapist is that that um, sports coach right, <laughs> in, right. in that in that particular case. But if the person's um, physical body is not quite up to par mm-hmm. um, or there's injuries, right? even with the best coach, the person is not going to run faster. Mm. Like you have a, you know, twisted ankle or a really bad knee. You, you, you can't just demand that the coach like does body work on you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Okay. Kind of thing. And so the way I see is like, um, neurofeedback is that quote body worker on the rest of the bot on the rest of the brain. Right. (laughs) Neurofeedback and is so like the body it worker. goes beyond okay. the, the talking or <laughs> right or the encouraging or the cheering or the the yeah, yeah. okay yeah. you that need makes- you need the cheerleader you need the coach you need the psychotherapist um you need to listen to the good quality podcasts and read the books but right. sometimes just knowing it all it does not help so that physical therapist <laughs> can really help you um kind of align your body, making stronger so that you can 
do the things that the coach tells you to do. <laughs> okay. So and now it's all kind of making sense why this would be a beautiful treatment option for someone with ADHD. Because what you're saying is that you're, you're helping to, you're basically helping the, to, helping to strengthen the brain by giving it a, a look. And I guess, but that's kind of, I'm going back to your physical therapy um, analogy too, is that the physical therapist helps you to find, oh, well, this is, this is the, this is where yes. we need the um, need to work. This is where we need to practice. This is where we need to, um, to uh, do some more reps or whatever, make the repairs. Yes, exactly. Because usually um, individuals with ADHD um, can do everything else that maybe non-ADHD folks can do, but they get tired of the boring tasks easier. Yeah. It's almost like, and, it, and so like, I need to do taxes, but I don't feel like it. Yeah. Um, so, or maybe like non-ADHD person say, I need to do taxes. Um, I would rather watch Netflix, but I'll still do taxes, even right. though I don't want to. Where <laughs> maybe an ADHD person um, may just fall into watching Netflix and then feels terrible the next day that they is still undone. And then they feel nervous, anxious, you know, all the other things will happen. Right. So it's almost like, if you compare it to like a physical body, the way I think of it is um, if my arms were weak and I had groceries to heavy groceries to carry, I may carry them for a short period of time, but I would drop them faster. Mm, right. Okay. Right. And then I would complain why I even have to do it and who made me do it. It's, you know, you carry it or maybe they don't need to be carried at all. <laughs> Right. Okay. Maybe I start using my legs to kick the bags, you know, down the path. Goodness, <laughs> that sounds thing. like ADHD. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. find all the different ways to not do this thing that I because don't it's want to do because it's because hard. It's You're hard. Right. And so, if let's say the arms are weak, maybe we just need to work on the arms to mm -hmm. strengthen them. Right. Okay. Lift more weights with the <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So. You're letting the brain, you're letting the brain decide and basically make the repairs and make the, make the, and I mean, there's, I don't know that, you know, ADHD, we have, our brain is wired a certain way, but there are ways that we can strengthen it regardless yeah. of the wiring yeah. that we have. Yeah. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And ADHD folks tend to be very, very intelligent, very bright, very creative. There's lots of other benefits. Um, but then again, just like everyone else, you know, uh, again, comparing to like physical body, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you need, you have a leg day and you have a, you know, arm day in the gym. Right. So you just have to like, realize that, you know, some areas of the body just need a little bit more work. Your, maybe your triceps tend to be weaker or your shoulders anytime you do exercises. And so just keep working on it, on that. Um, and it will help. So when you, so how long does it usually take for, for, to see results? And really like these are, these are results 
it's interesting with the with the mind is that you you often it's the things that you don't experience rather than like like seeing results often means not seeing something that you had been experiencing before does that make sense did i say that in yes. the right way kind of yeah um when i work with clients i usually in the first appointment and ask them what it is that they are hoping to achieve or take a full questionnaire so where they can uh, rank themselves on the scale one to ten uh, ask a lot of different questions about including their how they sleep because even the non-adhd person if they don't sleep well, they're going to have an ADHD brain all day long. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So there's that kind of on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So we uh, kind of look at holistically uh, what's going on. Um, and some sometimes this exercise also helps them become more aware of, you know, they're not eating well, they're mm. not sleeping well, there's other things going on. Right. And so because there is no measurement just like just improve adhd, ADHD well that's that's what length. i was saying like there's not a yeah. it's really it's a, like the lack of symptoms rather than seeing yeah. a physical like tangible change you know like yeah. money money i guess like uh, like muscle you know you're you can see more bodily you can see changes more than you can see it's really the lack of so sorry inter interrupted you go ahead of course yeah yeah because adhd is a label that somebody created because of the cluster of symptoms and the cluster of symptoms are very individual to each person right. who is dealing with that so that's what we usually dig into because your adhd may be different from somebody else's adhd mm -hmm. they're we're all very different and unique um and even like with your ADHD day to day may not be the same. Right. There's so many different factors. You change every day and there's some, depending on how you sleep, what else you have going on, the stress, your stress in life. Um, but generally that's what we ask is, I ask is how are you doing? What would you like to change? Um, and with the brain training with neurofeedback is like training the body at the gym again. Mm -hmm. um, okay. We want to see where you're at and we compare you with you, not mm -hmm. with you with somebody else. Mm, right. Um, and uh, if the person, for example, wants to say, I don't want to feel like a slump at three o'clock, have mm -hmm. to drink coffee because I work really hard and then I just kind of no good. <laughs> right. I can't function anymore. Like my brain is just like petered out. Mm -hmm. um, so then um, sometimes it takes two, three, maybe more sessions. Um, and in fact, I had one gentleman who came in and um, to help him with his master's degree uh, reading and comprehension. But that's one thing he noticed is it was not even on the on his kind of a wish list in the beginning. But he said, I just feel like when three o'clock hit, I'm still OK. I'm still like oh. have more stamina. Okay. And again, coming back to the working your body at the gym or analogy is if you're stronger, you probably won't get as tired mm. doing the particular physical exercises. That makes a lot of sense because your brain is going and going and going and going. And yeah, no wonder by three, it's just done. But if it's yeah. fit, yeah. if it's 
if it's being exercised in 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 working optimally i think that's the yes that's more, the more efficiently because you can be completely a frazzled mess and you have like a computer with you know 10 tabs open two of them are frozen and you don't know where the music is coming from kind of yeah. brain right <laughs> right um right but it's you feel like you're doing multiple things juggling multiple things at the end of the day you have nothing good to show for that you haven't right. completed any tasks right so but if you feel like you're able to focus then it's and and stay focused um at the appropriate level then you're not wasting the energy the brain is working more efficiently mm -hmm. not not smarter not harder right right uh, i had i have an example of one um gentleman with adhd and trauma and um traumatic brain injuries and a veteran mm, wow whose wife said you should see our garage because before my husband would go quote clean the garage or organize it and he would just be moving things around right and he can spend like two hours and i go in and there just looks like a mess and now he just went in and knew what to do and just kind of rearranged things in a mm. appropriate way that i could tell it looks better looks cleaner and right. it's amazing <laughs> right right okay so it's so can you see do you, do you see anything when you're as you're going through can you see changes in the brain function or is it the, is it the uh, your your client who sees the changes yeah it's generally yes the the machine does have some graphs and charts but most people don't come to improve graphs and charts they they come to improve their day-to-day -day functioning. Exactly. And so I try to, the way I work with clients is try to ask them at every appointment, see, look for small changes mm -hmm. that are unexpected, that it's you, but maybe a little bit better version of you. Mm -hmm. um, and so, because again, so many of us are so conditioned to look up to the provider say, am I better? Right. No, you tell me if you're better. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> Did you sleep better? Were you able to complete more tasks easier? Were you able to maintain your emotional regulation under stress more effectively? Mm -hmm. Those are the things that you want to look look for. Right. Okay. In your day to day life, and just kind of note and celebrate and say, "Wow, I handle this argument so much better than I normally do." Mm, I uh, those love are the that you said that. Notice. Right, the little yeah. celebrations, even just the micro, just and yeah. that's that's a whole other thing. But okay, this is brilliant. I am. I have such a more clear understanding, and it's definitely it's it's high on like the next thing that I'm going to try is the neurofeedback. Can you first of all, can you tell us about a time in motherhood when you either achieve something or accomplish something that just initially felt impossible? Well, definitely being a parent. Yeah, goodness. <laughs> accomplishing something impossible. Um, and again, I had mentioned I have two kids. Both have come with their own unique challenges. Yeah. Um, both have made me grow and learn and seek to ways to support them. But my daughter specifically, because she comes with such loads and loads of trauma, um, after having spent years in foster care mm. and attachment, 
that's where my patience and, and everything else got really, really tested. Right. Um, and I thought it was going to break me. <laughs> to be honest, the first year we were in crisis, like almost every day, oh. we ended up getting assigned a wraparound, county wraparound mental health resources. We had therapists in our home, like two or three times a week, you know, providing intensive therapy. Uh, I've, and that's probably why I could not hold down my daytime job back mm. then, which right. ended up for the good <laughs> because that's why I am I'm self-employed now doing what I'm doing. Right. Um, but it got pretty, it got pretty intense, but we survived. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, in hindsight, even though every time I run into challenges with my kids or, um, even though it's hard in the moment, hindsight, it's, there's always my heart fills with gratitude. And I think I have overcome it. Right. We survived. I learned more. I continue to evolve. And parenting also reveals your things that you need to work on. Yep. Things that you need to heal in yourself. Right, right. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for your vulnerability there. And yeah, and it's all about, you know, it's really all about self-awareness and that, that noticing that, wow, I, 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 um, I heard, um, ran across this quote one time and it was by anonymous, but it was something like, I have a hundred percent, um, success at making it through hard times or something like that. And I, when yes. we're in hard times, I like to remind myself that in, in every once in a while, like going back to that woman who had this child that you're desperately trying to, to, uh, to help and just, you know, like going back and saying, wow, look what we did. Like we were able to, and we know that we're going to, we're always going to, you know, um, uh, run across difficulties. It's just kind of life, but yeah. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I it's know. always work in progress. It is. Uh, I think I am work in progress myself. Right. Uh, day to day. Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, I don't, I feel as well, like I will never stop learning and growing and learning. There's always a new growth opportunity right around the corner. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Well, I'll got, I'll, how can our listeners find you? And you tell us a little bit about, so you are, you're, um, you're on the West coast. We're on the East coast. You tell us about the different ways that people can work with you. Yes. Three different ways. Okay. So for local clients, uh, local clients are who live within the driving distance of my office. Of course, I welcome to schedule an appointment, come and in and office. work with me. Uh, my office is in Beaverton, Oregon. Oregon. Okay. Yes. Um, and that's, yeah, that's how the, like, the local clients would work in, in person. And sometimes clients come like as far as an hour and a half ago. An, mm -hmm. an hour and a half away um, if they feel like they connect with me best uh, or maybe they there is another provider but they just didn't feel right for them for whatever reason right again the finding the right provider is very important yeah um, but the second this the second way is neurooptimal which is the equipment that I use mm -hmm. uh, for neurofeedback is the equipment that can be used at home. So I have a few machines that I can ship all over the country and I have done so. 
and then I connect with clients via video and give them a full orientation and support them so that they can do it confidently themselves at home. Mm, that's brilliant. And so they they keep it for whatever duration of the time that works for them. Usually it's a minimum a month. Um, mm. And uh, the benefit of doing it at home is both parents and children can use the equipment. Oh, right. Sometimes it starts off with the child who has the problem, but mm-hmm. then I always encourage the parents to do it themselves as well for yeah. self-care. Right. So you can do it. Um, even, even local clients who live 10 minutes away um, sometimes just can't bring every single family member in and out of the office. That just takes too many appointments for everyone. Right. Where if you have the equipment in your home, you can do it with multiple family members um, at any time of the day, hmm. early in the morning, late in the evening, weekends, you know, right. At ease, holidays, right. whatever right. works. Um, so it's, it's quite a good, effective way of training your brain at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be done. I, you know, that service is called like neurofeedback at home through the rentals. Okay. But another way to do neurofeedback at home is by purchasing your own equipment. Mm-hmm. That part is probably the most expensive upfront because the equipment is, um, is quite sophisticated and is, is expensive, but then some people when they rent or even have a few in-office sessions or see how it helps them mm-hmm. also start doing the math in their head about, oh my goodness, this is starting to help. This is amazing. Um, and they start doing their re- research and decide if I was to keep going and, and keep wanting to do the maintenance on myself and I have, you know, three kids in my home and my husband needs it a long term, it, it's more cost-effective to have your own equipment. And so I can support people on any level, whether it's in-office sessions through temporary uh, equipment rentals, or if they have questions about purchasing their own equipment, I can still support them through that process as well. That's brilliant, Olga, because that, and there are lots of different ways that they can, that they can benefit. And so, and how do you, what's your, do you have a website you have? Um, how would they find you? Yes. So the website is beavertonneurofeedback.com mm-hmm. when we're together. I encourage people to look at the blog section. If they're still new to neurofeedback and try to understand how that works um, have good stories there, short, short reads, um, for example, neurofeedback for anxiety, neurofeedback for trauma, for optimal brain performance or athletic performance. It has my story about how I started with, with this modality right. because of my daughter. Um, so good reads is if some, somebody's just trying to educate and learn more. Mm-hmm. And that's again, beaverton And then the FIQ section, frequently asked questions, is another good area to look at. Okay, and find go more in yeah. depth. You have a, you have explained this in a way that my brain can um, understand. So thank you, yes. and I'm really excited about this because you know I I tend to I tend to um, to go the natural route. Um, 
kind of because of past medication and and that kind of thing i i i've kind of went the other direction um but i love the idea that you're giving you're you're giving the brain a reflection of itself so that it, it can make the changes necessary i love that Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Olga, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time and for all of the um, the, uh, the the explanations and the visuals. <laughs> the visuals are really helpful for us, especially with ADHD. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and sharing all of the goodness with our listeners today. Oh, it's been a pleasure, and I love what you are doing. And I listened to a couple different podcasts and look forward to listening to more of your episodes, Tracy. Thank you so much. Goodbye for now. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. To get started on your Vision Driven Mom journey, go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com to download the Vision Walk audio guide. Join the collective of moms with ADHD moving their bodies and their lives forward and leaving overwhelm behind. Anything is possible, even for the mom with ADHD. Goodbye for now.